Hello everyone and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I am your host, Ellie Hope Collins, and I am so glad that you're here. It's on this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways that we can step into healing from divorce, trauma, and betrayal. Because Jesus has already extended everything to us, and sometimes he's inviting us to receive that healing for ourselves. Today we are sharing the story of Jessica. Jessica is a woman that I met through the Reclaimed community. It's my support group that I have all about healing from divorce. And if you are interested in joining the Reclaimed community, head over to my website, hopereclaimedministries.com, and you can find some more information about that. But we meet every other Tuesday as women, and men have an opportunity to come once a month. So if you're interested in the Reclaimed community, hop onto my website, hopereclaimedministries.com. But in this interview today, you're going to hear Jessica's story, like I said. And Jessica went through a divorce, and she also has an experience of going through sobriety. So I do want to say that this interview and any interview that I ever do is not about glorifying divorce, and it's certainly not about giving advice to anyone going through a divorce or thinking about it. Divorce is painful, and it is hard. And Jessica had this experience, and because there's other people involved, we're not hearing all of the story. And that's that's the case in any story of divorce that we share. We don't share all of the details. So just know that when you're listening to this, you're not hearing the whole story. You're not hearing all of the aspects of it. And that's exactly how it should be. You're hearing Jessica's perspective and you're hearing her experience, but it's not here to glorify divorce or even to say that God is causing us or calling everyone to get a divorce. So with that caveat in mind, let's get into this episode with Jessica and hear her story and um, hear the perspective of hope that she has based on the painful experience that she walked through. Be encouraged. Welcome. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited and I'm so excited that just that you're willing to share your your story with us, your story with my listeners, but then also with me. I'm always just blown away at, man, there's so many people that have gone through something hard. And when we, when we share what we have gone through, that it's a gateway for for other people to say, oh, I, I've also gone through something hard. So I just so appreciate your vulnerability with this, and um, and yeah, I'm just excited. I'm so blessed. But before we get into all that stuff, I'd love for you to share a little bit about yourself. Like, what fills your days? What do you enjoy doing? There's a lot of things I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly spending time with my kids, with my family. I also enjoy um, doing a variety of different things. Um, praying that in the winter, this winter, I'll be able to continue judging um, as the dance official for the Minnesota State High School League for dance team. It's a big passion of mine. Um, I, also I really hope serving. that stuff like that can happen soon, you know? Yes, it's very, very crazy times right now, oh. and I, we'll see what happens. So, Sorry, I interrupted um, you, though. I got too excited. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also just, you know, I really enjoy um, serving at my church. Our church is finally opening back up and they've been doing outdoor services. Um, yeah. And then I, I love being outside. So, so healing for me just to explore, be in nature. Totally. So I do a lot of hiking and exploring um, both with my great. kids and on my own. So good for you. Yeah. We, we actually end up talking about this a lot in the reclaimed community and, and um, about how, 
what we're doing to be outside and how important that is for us, like for our mental health. Oh yeah. Just getting outside and even going for a walk. It's a game changer. It's huge. Yeah. This is, um, kind of off topic again, but what, what was quarantine like for you? Um, it was a roller coaster. There were high emotions, low emotions everywhere in between. You know, I, I am a single mom. So working and juggling distant learning was a, both a challenge and a blessing. I was Hmm. given a new opportunity that I never thought I'd have again, being a single mom to sort of be a stay at home mom. I was able to be home with my kids when it was my parenting time. And we had so much fun, lots of, lots of slowness, which I'm not used Mm. to. We're very busy. And so we really got to enjoy three quality meals a day, just enjoying snuggles and being really creative and and finding ways to play, especially when it's still kind of cold and yucky outside. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that in the way that maybe at one point you would have had a hope in maybe being a stay-at-home mom. And then when singleness steps in, when being a single parent steps in, that, that probably is lost. <laughs> That's a more of a disappointment, something you're not going to be able to have. But then COVID can be a, bl- that, that, that's the Lord bringing a goodness into something that's really not very good. Really working hard on um, finding, finding the silver lining and the positives yeah. in COVID. So, oh my gosh, that's huge. But we're not here to talk about COVID. Um, we are here to just to, for you to share your story and your story of healing and hope. And um, when when we first connected, I was like, I need this woman on my podcast. Not because I want to like <laughs> exploit anyone's story by any means, but your testimony is powerful, and and your willingness to share it is so humbling for me. And um, so. with that intro, I guess, go for it, girl, like share and testify of the goodness of the Lord, but also the, the tough stuff. Yeah. uh, My story, I think really starts back into my childhood. Um, I'm actually a child of divorce. My parents separated and divorced when I, I believe I was four and I don't remember them ever being together. So it, it, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that. Um, but my dad was my rock. Um, he, he was the person who really got me involved into church. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would spend um, every other weekend with him and go every Sunday that I was with him. And I would kind of describe living in the two homes um, really, really differently. There was a lot of addiction in my mom's home, a lot of domestic abuse, and it was very confusing Um, as a child growing up in that, having two completely different homes. Um, My dad, unfortunately, passed away suddenly when I was 15. He had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And when I lost him, I lost my rock. I lost my Mm -hmm. faith. And I kind of went into this spiral of what I'd call my dark years. Um, I actually, I don't know if I shared this with you before, but I... um, started to develop this idea that that there was something I could have done to have saved my dad if I would have been there with him and Mm -hmm. had so much grief around that, that um, I actually ended up attempting to take my own life when I was, um, I think it was just six months after he had passed. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And the, the cool part of this story though, is that um, that night um, my, 
I always say this sounds crazy. <laughs> that night, I swear to this day that my dad visited me and hmm. we had a long conversation and all I heard from him was everything was going to be okay. And unfortunately, that wasn't the turning point for me in my life. I still hmm. went down a dark path for many years of using alcohol to cope, um, getting into very serious relationships very quickly, using those relationships to fill that hole. Um, and I think that's kind of where, where it led me to um, my marriage. Um, shortly before I met um, my ex-husband, I had realized that I, I did want a good life. I wanted a family. I wanted kids. Um, I wanted that life that I had with my dad growing up. Hmm, right. And I feel like reflecting back now, I was still so broken that I wasn't ready for marriage, but I, hmm. I was just, I felt like I needed that in my life to feel whole, to feel complete. And there were definitely, um, a lot of things that I didn't take into consideration before my marriage. Um, our relationship developed really quickly. Um, we were engaged eight months after meeting each other. Mm -hmm. um, and I think five months after we were engaged, we were planning a two-year engagement. Um, we had some difficulties and he wanted to call off the wedding. Mm -hmm. And I ended up finding out uh, I think a few days later, maybe the very next day that I was pregnant. And wow. so we, we were excited. I think yeah. we forgot, we forgot everything that was <laughs> a problem in our relationship. Right. And, and we went to our family right away and we told them the news and everyone on both sides said we had to get married right away. I don't think hmm. we ever shared with them that he didn't want the marriage before we found out we were pregnant, but everyone said, you have to get married right away. You have yeah, to get married like before. The, the push to, yes. all right, well, let's make this happen then. <laughs> wow. Yes. So we ended up getting married two months later and it was a okay. beautiful wedding. I, I still say it was just an incredible day. It was so perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and then our son was born. Um, I think it was five months after we were, were married. Wow. I mean, and you're just so, thrown into it then. In yes. that way, you're just thrown into it. Yes, yes, wow. definitely thrown into it. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that time, um, I was really starting to actively seek a church. And, okay. and I think that was one of the things that we were previously fighting about or arguing about was – I wanted to um, have yeah. a family in church together and um, was trying to, to pull my life together. Obviously yeah. I was pregnant. So thankfully I was not drinking. That part wasn't hard for me. It was okay. just like a no brainer. Um, but after my son was born, I did suffer really, really bad postpartum depression, which mm. I think contributed a lot to the struggles in our marriage. Um, it was hard for me and I know it was hard for him. I probably didn't handle things in the best way I found. I definitely found myself using alcohol again to cope mm -hmm. with the unhappiness in a form of escape, I guess I would say. Right. And we definitely had good times in there too. Um, yeah. we, we ended up welcoming our daughter into the world um, mm. about three years after that. Okay. 
I had overwhelming anxiety. I would have Mm. panic attacks. We had a lot of stress in our lives, a lot of financial struggles and just, I mean, things that everyone struggles with. Yeah, but but, but there's these moments too, where if you don't have the coping mechanisms, the healthy coping mechanisms, something so small can just cascade into a panic attack if you're prone to anxiety, which I am. I struggled with anxiety for a long time. And man, it is scary. Like one simple thing of like going to get the mail can just be, it can just, you know, railroad you. Yeah. Yeah, It's so hard. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think for him, and I'm I'm not going to try to talk for him, but I, from my observation, I don't think he understood it. Um, yeah, which it's, I mean, it's a hard topic to talk about depression yeah. and anxiety. And I think there's, thankfully now I feel like there's more and more education, more people yes. coming and sharing mm-hmm. their stories about it. Um, but if you don't have that education, it's hard to understand it. Absolutely. And it's hard for even us when we do struggle with it to even know how to talk about it because it, mm-hmm. it can feel almost overwhelming and, and anxiety driving to, um, to even just talk about it ourselves to even our loved ones. So it's, that's really hard. That's really tough. Yeah, it definitely was tough. Um, and I know for me, I think there, there was so much that changed. I know obviously having a kid is Mm -hmm. a a big change in your life. And for me, it wasn't just, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. From one to two, Uh, I've heard at least is pretty significant. Yeah, it it definitely was in the beginning. Um, But there are things too that I I struggled with in in change in me. It was like a loss of identity in Mm. a way. You become a completely different person, I think, when you become a mother. And I didn't know how to find myself again for so long. Um, I struggled with body image. hated my body for for many years after having kids not necessarily what happened like the stretch marks and stuff don't bother me but the weight I've really struggled with my weight which the funny thing is it was probably contributed by my drinking (laughs) if (laughs) if we really look at the calories consumed and and they're empty calories they're not doing anything for you yes yes and and I would, I kind of, a lot of people in my life were really surprised when, when they found out I was going to treatment for um, alcoholism hmm. um, because I, and I wasn't necessarily hiding it, but hmm. I would do what I call the mommy wino culture. And that yeah. would be, I would go throughout the whole day just fine, not needing anything to drink. But once dinner time came around, I'd have wine. It was like my mommy's time out. Yeah. Um, and I'd have a glass at dinner, glass after dinner, play with my kids, get them to bed. And then I would just sit on the couch, watch TV and finish a bottle of wine. And I didn't think anything mm. was wrong with that. And yeah, probably do that five, six, seven nights out of the week. So wow. it's really a lot of wine to consume, but I would wake up the next morning and and go to work and, and do yeah. just fine. Yeah. So going back to the, the body image issue, um, one of the, the really big pieces I think that broke me down um, in our marriage was my, my issues with my self image and some of the things that he said to me and I just felt so wow. broken. And so wow. I, 
I unfortunately um, ended up going out with girlfriends after he yeah. said that to me and definitely drank way too much that night um, to the point that I don't remember most of the night. And the next morning I uh, woke up on the floor of my girlfriend's office with a man next to me and oh. was so shocked, yeah. mortified, ashamed. Um, it was something I never thought I would ever, a situation I never thought I would do. It, it right. felt so awful. And I didn't think anyone knew in the house. Um, I, I literally snuck out and ran mm -hmm. home. I was so, so shocked. Yeah. If it's, it's just, it becomes this thing that you never imagined that you would do. This would never be your story. And then all of a sudden it's in your face and this is, this is actually what happens. I mean, th that must've been so shocking for you, especially, especially compounded with the alcohol use as well. Yes. And it was, it's actually funny because I I didn't know how to hand, like I, I kind of shut down for a few weeks yeah, wow. and, and didn't know how to process it. I, I was really off and mm. I ended up seeing that same girlfriend a couple days later and, or a couple, couple weeks later and yeah. um, was surprised to have her say anything to me about it. And we discussed, discussed it a little bit more and, just how fearful I was of what, what happened. Um, and she, she said to me, she said, if you want to save your marriage, you should never tell him. And I, I don't blame her for saying that. Um, I don't, I'm not angry at her for saying that because I also felt that same way. Mm. I did not want to lose my marriage. I did not want to put my children through that because I lived divorced. Mm, and so I was, totally desperate to hang on for anything. And right. I kept that secret for a long time and it ate away at me. It, I, th I would say it nearly destroyed me. Um, it, it's, I think part of the reason I, I continue drinking heavily um, and also why I think there was so much struggle in our marriage. Um, I ended up having a turning point um, I would say about two years before I got sober, I, um, had a lot of God promptings. I had this little voice in my head that told me two things. The one was one I didn't want to hear. And that was, you need to stop drinking. I said, no, I'm, there's no way I, I'm not anything like the family right. members I know who struggle with addiction. I just have a and, glass of wine. Yeah. I just drink wine at night. Every mom does. That was my rationale. Wow. Um, and then I also had this God prompting that was shocking to me that kept telling me it's okay to leave your husband. Mm -hmm. And that felt so foreign to me that wow. that felt like a God prompting. It, it kept popping up in my head because it was something I never wanted. I never wanted to go through a divorce. I never wanted to have my kids live in two homes and just kept challenging that thought. Yeah. And then um, there was my daughter's third birthday where I had my last, I guess I would say, 
wild night. Um, I ended up drinking very heavily and I'm not, I'm not going to go into all the details of that night, but I ended up sort of telling my ex-husband that I was unfaithful and I don't know, I don't remember what exactly I said because I don't remember much of the night, but I woke up that next morning and he questioned me on it. I, I, was so shocked actually that I lied. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I was drunk. I don't know what I was saying. And so I went to church. There was some, something at church that day that just told me that I needed to go up to the prayer team. And it was almost like an out of body experience. I just, I walked up to the front after service and just started sobbing. Yeah. And these women prayed over me. Um, I wish I could remember what they were praying. I wish I could remember what the church service was about, but I don't, I can't remember any of it. All I know is I I needed to be prayed over. Yeah. And then I I went home and I I told my ex-husband, one, that I need to stop drinking and I need Mm -hmm. to get help. I need to go to treatment. I, I shared with him was that I had a one night stand. Yeah. And that was... I couldn't believe I said it out loud to him. That day was probably outside of my dad passing away was the hardest day of my life. Um, He was very angry and rightfully so. Um, He took our kids and I thought I would never see them again. And I fell to my knees sobbing and praying and I, I just begged God for help. That's all he kept saying is, please help me. I'm interrupting this episode of Hope Reclaimed to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, the Healing from Divorce online course. This is an online course that I have created an eight-week program to launch you into Christ-centered healing from divorce and a bad breakup. This is a do-it-yourself, take-it-at-your-own-pace kind of course, but it is designed to encourage you and uplift you into reclaiming different areas of your life every single week by encountering God in your process. If you are interested in joining the Healing from Divorce online course or would like more information about it, head over to my website, hopereclaimedministries.com or click the link in the show notes in this episode below and you can find more information about the Healing from Divorce online course. There is hope for your situation right now. Join the course today. It, it was a very dark couple of days um, until I could get into treatment Um, I actually, I went on blind faith. Um, I had a very good friend who knew of a place called Hazelden and she said, you need, you need to go there. And so I didn't research it. I didn't, I Googled it for the phone number, but I knew nothing about it. And I called them and I got an assessment and got in right away. And it was the most incredible experience. There was so much healing. I spent um, 28 days there and learned a lot. Um, made some really good connections and then came home hoping to save my marriage. And um, it was, it was actually advised to me by my, my counselor that I shouldn't move home right away, that that big change and transition would be very detrimental to all the work I did. And so I stayed with two different friends for a period of two months 
and I tried to come home. I tried to see how things would work. And it was very clear that there was so much hurt and pain in in Mm. my ex-husband. It was not a a good situation with me in early sobriety and with everything that had transpired between us. And so I finally recognized um, we were in counseling and they were, we were talking about different things and through our discussions, they, it just hit me that I have to end the marriage, um, Hmm. which was, it's still so foreign to me to even say. Yeah. And so I, I found, um, I found an apartment because that was the scariest part is where am I going to live? Right. And there's all these practicalities, but kind of a, an important one is where do I go? Yes. Oh. And, and this is, I think the, uh, a moment that I saw God's work hmm. come together to help me and really reassure me that this was the right decision. I applied for the apartment, not expecting to get in for a few months and they had an opened um, apartment available with a oh. week's notice. Oh my I had no furniture. I had $0 in my bank account. Yeah. I had virtually nothing. And within a week, I was able to completely furnish my apartment Wow! by the women in my life who just happened to have literally everything I needed <laughs> to get by. Well, I need a table. Oh, I got one. I need a couch. Yeah. I got one. Yeah. So wow. there's a, a so handful. God is so yeah. good. Yeah. I, I mean, I even got a crib for my daughter. Like, it was oh my unreal. gosh. Yeah. I mean, wow. all these things. Yeah. And so I had some good friends, um, help move different things and mm-hmm. got settled in. And wow. then I, then we started the divorce process, which was yeah. terrifying and scary and it and painful. Yeah. Yes. Painful, painful moving forward now. I mean, Looking back on all that, I could see God carried me through many, mm-hmm. many of those moments um, of fear, of uncertainty. Again, totally. I thought I was going to lose my kids and just seeing the work he did um, in bringing the people into my life that I needed at that time yeah. was so powerful. I, I wouldn't wow. be here today without without those people. Um, totally. So. I mean, it's like, it's, it's Jesus with skin on. We, we need those people in our lives to, to help us meet those practical needs, but, but the, the support as well. Um, and I just, I love how you were talking about these God promptings and how it was just kind of this, this little voice. And, you know, I mean, I never want this podcast to be glorifying divorce by any means. And I know that that is not what you are doing. Um, but, but, you know, God is so faithful because he is so, he's so good to bring good out of a not good situation. And, and he's always, he's always rewriting things to be based on other people's choices and our choices to, to bring the best possible good in our lives. And, and I just see that in your story where, you know, this wasn't, divorce isn't God's plan. It's never God's plan. He hates it. It says in his word, but, but in, in surrendering to him, he can lead us to the best possible good. And as painful as it is, divorce is often 
in, in some cases, divorce is that. It is the best possible good because on the other side of it is good. And, yes. and praise God. I mean, praise God that you got sober. And congratulations, by the way. How long has it been? Two years this oh July. God. That's amazing. Yeah, you just celebrated your two-year. Oh, yes. Congratulations. That's a big deal. And that's really, really something to celebrate. Um, but I, I just, I love these God promptings because so often I hear from people, they're like, I just don't hear from God. I don't know how that is, but that's, a, that's the Lord speaking to you. That's him. That's him saying, you need to stop drinking. Yes. You know, <laughs> like that was definitely him, right? Yeah. It's usually yeah. the things you don't want to hear where you're like, right. why, why am I thinking this? Why? No, don't like, tell me that, this. <laughs> where did that come up? Like that is the Holy Spirit. And yes, he is, he's bringing conviction into your life, not condemnation, but he's bringing conviction and saying, Hey, you're going down a not so great path. It's time to turn around. <laughs> and yes. And you did. That is incredible. Um, so I'd, I'd love for you to share just you know, you, I mean, you had mentioned how God has shown, how he showed up for you with other people being there, but where was, where was he in, in the middle of your pain? Like even when you were in, when you were in your treatment program, how did God show up there for you? You know, honestly, I would say I, I spent a lot of time journaling and a lot of time outdoors. I'm and a big fan of journaling. Yes. Big and, fan. and just, I would do these things called like word dumps where I would just like, there's so many thoughts <laughs> racing in my head and it didn't even make sense. And I was just like word vomit on the page, yes. just getting that out there. So in sobriety, we talk a lot about God, but we also talk, there's a lot of people who struggle with, with the God word. Yeah. And so they talk about a higher power mm-hmm. and that it could be anything uh, the group that you're with in a meeting yeah. or um, nature. And, and that for me, I really, really felt such a strong connection when I was to God, when I was outdoors. Mm-hmm. And, and that's probably why I love being outside so much, yeah. just marveling in, in the beauty of yes. the outdoors. I'm so the same. And yeah. And so I ended up spending a lot of time um, running. Uh, there's miles of trails around and I'd, I'd go awesome. for runs and just, just feel this connection, um, feel this healing. Yeah. There's something about nature in, in, I mean, we we touched on this in the, in the beginning too, but, but in, it's like being in a beautiful, uh, like cathedral or something, being outdoors, there's something you just, you can experience the vastness of God in a different way than when you're inside. It's like, you, you just, you know, that he created all of this and like, and that he's there with you in it, enjoying it. I, I don't know. I, there's something powerful about that. Yeah. So he, he was near to you in that. And I'm sure that, I mean, may, maybe, maybe this is a little prodding to say, but that outdoors, even running and things like that, was that, was that a way that the Lord brought hope into your life? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, there, there are times where just seeing, allowing myself to feel some of the things that I think I wasn't fully grieving, um, was really, really powerful. Um, and just really surrendering that, Hmm. um, there was a lot of things that were out of my control when I was in treatment. Hmm. Um, I had to 
leave, not necessarily leave my job, but I was away from my job for almost a month. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of surrendering that and trusting that people in my office would take care of those things. I didn't get to see my children for almost a month. Man, that must have been hard. It was excruciating. Um, I, I, I don't know how I made it through that. (laughs) I was going to ask what, what kept you, what kept you in treatment? I wanted to stay sober. Um, yeah, I didn't. And you knew that that was like the way to do it. Yeah. I could have easily left at any point if, if I decided, nope, this isn't for me, but I truly wanted sobriety for myself. And, Mm. and that's one thing a lot of people I think don't recognize is a lot of times when people get they're they're trying to help someone they love that's struggling with addiction and they're trying to force them to go and get treatment and they'll go but they're doing it for other people and for for me I truly knew I wanted it for myself um I was Mm. in such a broken place um I I was contemplating suicide before I went to treatment and so and I and that was a an incredible moment to reflect back on because I lost my dad as a child. I know that pain and how could I do that to my children? And so a part of it too is, is for them. I I didn't want them to have to go through that. I wanted to be the mom that they deserve and I get to show up today and be fun and silly and like a child, like I'm childlike myself. So (laughs) we have lots of fun and it's incredible seeing, seeing the life that, that I can have with them now. It is amazing. And like, and you know, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't struggled with this kind of, with this kind of addiction, but even, you know, even when I'm in an unhealthy place and I'm medicating with other things that aren't healthy, you know, we're, we're not showing up as our best self. You know, because we're because we're putting our hope in something else, we're we're trying to fill a void, right? I mean, that's kind of the the essence of what it is, and then it becomes this coping mechanism over and over again. Um, but but just to be able to show up as your authentic self in a healthy way for your kids and for yourself too, you know, yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's powerful. I'm I'm interested to hear how your recovery. And sobriety has taught you about healing from divorce. There's a lot of pieces that I've learned in mm-hmm. in my sobriety. Um, one of them is learning how to fully surrender, and mm-hmm. that one took a long time because um, I'm kind of a control freak. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so. And I don't like to be told no. <laughs> oh, yeah. You tell me no, I'm like, oh, watch me. <laughs> yes, yeah. And so so just learning how to let go and yeah. trust. Wow. And there's a couple other things that have really helped me in my healing. And that, um, this is going to sound weird, but practicing the pause. Hmm. I used to be a reactor. Things would happen. My emotions would get flared and I'd react. Now what I, I do, I, I allow myself to feel the emotions. I don't respond sometimes for an hour, sometimes for 24 hours. Hmm. And I process it. I pray over it. I vent in my word vomit on my journal. <laughs> or That's to a the very majority close... of my word of my journals. I'm like, <laughs> yes. no one should ever read this because it's incoherent. <laughs> yes, uh, mine is as well. <laughs> no, I love this. The practice of the pause. 
Yeah. So you take time and process within yourself. Yes. And then respond. Yes. And I, I find that sometimes I'll even like write out a response and then go back to it later and say, wow, I really am glad I didn't respond this way. (laughs) Um, And Hmm. yeah, and it's, it's been interesting. I've learned that to see things differently and, and not everything's about me. Um, Hmm. I'm not, I'm not always under attack. Just trying to, like I said, let things go. Yeah. um, was always a hard thing for me. Right. Um, Working on another thing we, we do in sobriety is we do a, a personal inventory of things, fears, resentments, um, different things. Yeah. And I've never done that before. And just really work through um, either wrongdoings to me or things that I've done wrong yeah. to others. And then um, sharing that with my sponsor and God hmm. um, was kind of a release. And so finding in that I found forgiveness for myself and I have found a lot of forgiveness still working on some for others. (laughs) And that in itself is healing. Um, Being able to finally forgive others and to forgive yourself is, is so powerful. It's not easy to do. It's taken a long time. Um, Yeah. There's something powerful about just listing something like making an inventory, making a list of this is the stuff that's taking up space that's unhealthy in my life. Yes. And and actually I and I love that you do this with a sponsor. I mean, this is somebody who's they're supporting you. You know, you're 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 vocalizing it into the world, into someone else's ears and bringing them into the process with you. Cuz you don't have to do it alone, right? And wow, that's I mean, that would be a powerful experience even just for for listeners to do to like, what is, what are the things that are taking up space, taking up traffic in my life that aren't healthy? It's hard to do. Oh, I'm sure. Extremely vulnerable. You're like, Ooh, I don't want to put that into the world. (laughs) But if you find someone that you really trust, um, it's so powerful. There are things Mm. on there that I, I've never told somebody that I've held on to my whole life. And just saying it out loud and having a supportive yeah. person there with you to allow you to cry, allow you to break down and just be there yes. for you. So yeah, I want to definitely stress the importance of a supportive, good person there with you, but, but nothing is unredeemable by God, right? Nothing is beyond his healing power. And, you know, we, when, when we have an awareness that something does need to be healed, then it can be in it's like you were saying this, uh, this ability to surrender those things is the key here (laughs) in, if you're making a personal inventory of all this stuff, we have to get to the point of surrendering it and saying, this isn't going to, I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. This isn't going to be mine anymore. So, so those were all things that may, may have been helpful for you in, in, divorce healing and in the way that you, you needed to process this. Cause you were going through these things kind of at the same time, right? I mean, you were, you were, you know, getting sober, seeking treatment, and then really just going through this process of divorce. I mean, that's, that's like a, 
a huge change in your life in the span of a couple months. My gosh. Yeah. Not to mention you had little tiny children running around. Man, yeah. that must have been crazy. It was. Um, I kind of thrive on on a lot yeah. of things going on at once though. So when things But also get the power really... of the pause, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So I love that. Well, I would love it. Do, do you have any reclaiming stories for us? Um, obviously we, we talk a lot about reclaiming here, which is stepping into those areas of pain to create new memories. And and we remember the the memory. We relay it to someone else. Relay it to to God, and then we rem- and then we recognize that healing is happening. That's kind of the steps of reclaiming. And um, so I would love to I'd love to hear if you have any of those stories. Yeah, um, I think for me the biggest one in the beginning of the divorce process, it was really hard having alone time without my kids because I've never. Yeah never not have them around all day, every day. And so that, yeah. So I I was, I I don't want to say it's a blessing, but again, I'm wanting to find silver linings, but that was a silver lining in divorce is that I did get a bunch of time back to really focus on myself. I found the things that um, I enjoyed before I had kids, I was finally able to do again. Um, Things like running, um, I, I have always loved running and really wasn't able to do it much when I, when I had my kids, cause I was always so exhausted at the end of the day and I had every excuse. Um, and I actually just last week was able to hit my first ever four mile run. So it was amazing. <gasps> hey, congratulations. Yeah. Thank well, let's you. Run together. Can we do that? I yeah. love running. I'm not super fast. But um, I... I'm not either. So <laughs> that's okay. fine. Perfect. I, I love, love it. I love like a nice steady pace. Yes, that is, that's my pace. <laughs> oh, that's great. So you've been running and sort of like reclaiming maybe those things that you thought maybe weren't your season. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And I think really I, cool. I feel that, I feel that way. I think because everything moves so quickly for us. We just met and then a year and a half later we were married with a kid. And so oh, I think- yeah that's why that feels like a reclaiming piece for me, but also just there's other things that we did together, um, Mm -hmm. in our marriage, things like fishing and boating. And I didn't do that right away in the beginning. Um, and actually this year for mother's day, I ended up getting myself and my kids some kayaks and have been able to go out and enjoy that with them. Um, other things I still live in the same community. Um, so just, exploring or going back out into places where um, we frequent and together um, and just recreating memories with, with my friends or even my kids. Um, And then another piece that was really powerful for me was this, there are certain things that are really terrifying to do as a single parent with really young kids, things Mm -hmm. like going swimming. Like I have to watch both of them and make sure they don't drown. And, and so finding that confidence in myself again, that I can do these things as a single mom and, and not necessarily need a man around. Um, so that, that was really powerful too. Um, yeah, to, to get to a place where, where you feel empowered to say, okay, I never thought that I would be able to do this but God is actually going to give me the strength to, to do it. And then I think my last um, piece of reclaiming is the newest one 
two things actually. Um, yeah. I'm actually closing on a home next week. Girl. Something I Come didn't on. think I'd be able to do um, on my own. Um, it's a beautiful home with a big fenced yard and it actually overlooks a lake. It's been my dream my whole life to own a lake home, though it's not technically on the lake. It's right across the street. And so that that's amazing. Another big blessing um, that my kids and I are very excited for. And then the last piece, um, my um, ex and I, um, he started a business, a couple businesses actually. And it was, I helped a lot with um, some of the bookkeeping and stuff mm-hmm. for a period of time and never thought of myself as an entrepreneur by any means. Yeah. Um, but I actually, um, this summer, am working on becoming a peer support specialist um, at the Hive in Waconia. It's a, like a mental health wellness retreat. Yeah. And um, in that, I ended up um, creating kind of my own LLC to work out of there. Come on. And, and starting, starting that very slowly. Um, it's been so exciting and really kind of fun to, to see that happening now after I had that in my marriage. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been, been really rewarding and challenging and a lot of, uh, moments where I'm like, okay, God, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> I'm terrified. What, what I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> but I have an incredible group of women that, that work so together good. there and all of them are just so supportive, so encouraging. Um, strong believers of God. And it's just so beautiful to see this community come together. That is amazing. And that is, I mean, I, I say it all the time, but this is, this is the Lord making the good out of the not good. And, and I just, that blesses me so much. I, I especially love that you started your whole story with, you know, sharing about your, your childhood and how, you know, you had this polarizing childhood one that was very dysfunctional and one that wasn't. And, you know, you have set yourself up to be the not dysfunctional home for your kids. And, you know, we have the power to do that. You know, we have the power and the choice to, to choose what kind of life that we want in that way. And, um, and so I just, I, it blesses me so much. And I'm so humbled that you have chosen that, that you've chosen to be, um, you know, to, to get healthy yourself and to, to, uh, you know, take that step for yourself. I think that's so huge for, for people listening, maybe that maybe they're, maybe they're, you know, taking, taking part in a couple glasses of wine, thinking that it's, it's, it's normal and okay. That might be having some of those God promptings. Maybe this podcast is a God prompting. What would you, what would you say to those, to those women, maybe, maybe listening? Um, I would definitely say that there is no shame in wanting to either cut back or completely remove alcohol out of your life. That was one thing I really struggled with, um, as a mom, um, mm-hmm. was what are people going to think of me as a mom when I share that I'm going to treatment. And even now today, I mean, I still refer to myself in AA meetings. We say, hi, my name's Jessica. I'm an alcoholic. And it's, there's so much stigma around it. And that's, I think why I'm so passionate about being open with my story. I've never shied away from it because it can impact anyone. I've met people who are so successful and 
lawyers and doctors and you would never have guessed that they struggled with alcoholism. So just knowing that um, there's no shame to this. It's, Mm. it is a disease. It does not discriminate and it can impact Mm. almost anyone. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so true. And, and it's, there's hope for it. Yes. There's hope hope for it. And, and, you know, we, we can be listening to these God promptings um, that, that, you know, if it's, to, to seek treatment or to cut it out or to, well, you know, whatever it is, we can listen to those and trust that actually God has our best interests at heart. He has our best interest um, just right there. And we have to, you know, we, we, we get to choose. We, we get to choose what that looks like. I'm, I'm so blessed by you, Jessica. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your, um, your wisdom with this. I mean, there's hope and, and there is redemption and praise God that you are on this side right now. I mean, of course that doesn't mean everything's easy and everything's sunshine and rainbows, but you're, but you're, you're living it right now. And, um, and it just, it blesses me so much. So thank you for sharing your story. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. If you are interested in joining the reclaimed community that we talked about please hop onto my website, hopereclaimedministries.com, and you can find more information about my support group, The Reclaimed Community. And if you're interested in joining the Healing from Divorce online course, you can do that on my website as well, hopereclaimedministries.com, and you can also find the link in the show notes of this episode. Remember, there is healing and there is redemption in Jesus, and there's always hope. Hope is my middle name. We'll see you next week.